You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Efridge. So, Shannon, I got a question for you. Um, have you been tracking the last few episodes of Sexy Marriage Radio when they were they were recorded from the getaway? And it seems like it was so long ago, but it wasn't <laughs> We've slept just since then several it, times. <laughs> it wasn't so long ago. It was just right around the corner. And I mean, those are when, so much fun to listen to. When you say tracking, what are you referring well, to? Because like, you're the numbers guy. No, no, I no. never know what the numbers are until okay, you tell me, and it always freaks me out. That's a good point. No, I mean just in the sense of following along and listening every so often just to kind of remember. Remember and reminisce back when we were at the Marriott Solana with all the the 26 couples that came and joined us. and. I love the energy in the room that having a live audience provides. I do too. That was those really are do. those are some of my favorite episodes. If I look out through a whole year, of mm-hmm. just the interaction and the energy that happens when actual listeners are in the room with us when right. we record, and that's just really really cool. Right now, isn't this cool? Episode three hundred and one. So we have entered <laughs> into the three hundreds. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So we are dying to know, Corey Allen, how was your big month-long RV trip through, was it uh, Yellowstone, Grand Tetons, all those? It was, uh, other than some of the little connectivity issues we had that allowed us to still possibly work, uh, it was great. The only stress- But you weren't going to work. No, no, no. Well, when you're gone a month, (laughs) you got to work. You still have to, I mean, Pam has to log on and get some stuff done. I'm teaching a class right now too for ACU. And so it's like, oh man, I got to make sure I got con- connectivity. And so we had a, a window there where AT&T doesn't work and up by Glacier National Park. And I didn't realize those places Imagine still that. existed, even though you know they exist. So, hey, but anyway, before we do a uh, road trip recap radio, this is Sexy Marriage Radio, <laughs> where we're having honest conversations every week about married life, love, sex, issues, Problems, joys, successes. I mean, the whole range is what we try to cover on this show. And we want to thank you for uh, taking some time out of your day to spend it with us every single week when you guys log on and track us with iTunes or iHeartRadio or Stitcher or... Right. I can't remember. Tune in, I think, is what uh, Amazon Alexa uses because we're on there, too. Um, So... There's, I, I, I can't say thank you enough for all the different people that join in and, and make no this thing idea. happen. You, you had no idea when you started this that it would, would create a, a sensation, None. <laughs> a global sensation. The other thing we love have happening is when our listeners email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com and they give us questions, comments, thoughts, all kinds of different things that uh, might be on their mind or that they want to make sure is on our mind or that was on our mind but wrong. Or, I mean, there's a lot of different things (laughs) that we get in our inbox. And I say thank you to all of the people that email in because that's what helps us make the show even better and more applicable to what's going on in everybody's wheelhouse or in everybody's bedroom or whatever their married life happens to be, or even their single life happens to be. And so keep them coming because I love whenever there's a ding on 
the inbox was, and says, hey, here's what's going on. And I don't know. If- I was going to say, did you just see the one that came in as we were recording episode number 301? The subject line is 300. And he says, Dr. Corey and Shannon, congratulations on 300 episodes. I want to say thank you for helping me become a better husband and person. You've impacted our marriage. Even though my wife doesn't listen to Sexy Marriage Radio, he's still learned a lot. So he says, keep up the awesome. Sweet. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> So the timing of that couldn't have been more perfect. <laughs> That's, yeah, that was very good. Um, so, no, the road trip was great. Uh, thank you for uh, helping, you know, just kind of pave the way and cover some of the different things that were going on with the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy while I was gone. Oh, that wasn't um, a problem, except there were some problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There were some technical problems that give you job security, Corey Allen. Well, but you know what? The Sexy Marriage Radio Academy was so gracious and so supportive. Yes. And, and I just want to say that for those who've been on the fence about whether to join the Academy or not, the past month of seeing new people jump in and everyone just swarming around them with loving support and encouragement and the Q&A that we did and the webinar that I just did with Covenant Spice, I'm just kind of thinking, why wouldn't anyone want to do this Sexy Marriage Radio Academy thing? $27 a month and there's right. so many benefits to it. And it's really, it, it's like a family. I mean, there are people who have really developed some strong bonds and are talking very openly about the struggles that right. they have. And it's been incredibly therapeutic for the entire community. Yes, it is. And if you're on the fence... Uh, you can try it out for 30 days for free. You just log you on, go. and it's free for the first month if you choose the trial option. And all you have to do if you're not sure you want to stay is hit cancel before the 30th day, and there, no charges will be made. So what do you, you got to lose? Yeah, so but we we love interacting with listeners more hands-on in that uh, Academy page. Yes. Then but, we have the opportunity right. to. Do so on the it's show. an interesting thing because you, you make the comment about the road trip. So we ended up ri- uh, driving 5,662 miles, is how far we went. Wow. In a so, month. so did you calculate how much gas that cost oh, you, you in your beast of a truck pulling you, an RV? You know who I'm married to. <laughs> Count it. Every, everything <laughs> is calculated. Um, but it, I love it because she could sit down and track it, and we would be able to say, okay, here's where we are with the budget, uh-huh. so we can do this, or no, nope, we were going to do that, but no, we're not going to now. So that'll, because we've planned it all out because it is a huge endeavor, and we want to make sure we don't go crazy right. with, with a lot of, uh, Spend the kids' college fund right. on their summer vacations. With a lot of repercussions. But <laughs> Sorry, it's kids, you can't go to Harvard because we went to Yellowstone. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, though, because we did see some of heaven-on-earth country. It's just mm. unbelievably beautiful uh, with the nature that is in our country. And so if you haven't been to Yellowstone and the Tetons, and then for sure haven't been to Glacier National Park, go. There, it's worth seeing the beauty and the spectacular nature that's there. But mm. on the drive home... About the last 800 miles or so, um, we had I have a wiring issue on my trailer, and so it would disconnect and connect with the with the trailer brake. And every time it disconnected, it would be associated with a ding, 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 ding. So for about 800 miles off and on, I heard <laughs> my truck was dinging at me, and it for parts of it, I'm just it's driving me crazy. And then parts of it's like, okay, let's just make fun out of this. You know, we start music and hope it would just be in tune with the music and in beat. And, mm-hmm. and the kids would just put on headphones and just disappear. And at one point, 
it had been quiet for like 30 minutes and then all of a sudden it started again and it just makes no sense in my mind it's like okay there's got to be a way to fix this there's got to be something and Pam sees me getting kind of ramped up about it and she's like just relax there's no sense trying to understand it it's like a woman you don't have to try to understand it. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a pretty good analogy, actually, coming from a man here, the thinking that I can't understand it because it just makes no sense. And that's what this show kind of does. Unpredictable. That's, well, that's what our show wants to do is we want to talk about some of these different things that, okay, to each gender, it may not make any sense. You know, right. like a guy, a husband could be sitting there going, you know what? I do not understand my wife. And a wife could be sitting there going, you know what? I, you're, you make no sense to me. And sometimes we don't understand ourselves. Boom. There you go. Sexual energy <laughs> is unpredictable. There you go. But yeah. all that is to say of some of the things that don't make any sense and how we try to unpack some different things is we've got to circle back to an episode we did. Oh, it was four or five, six weeks ago on right. abstinence and married life because that struck a chord and a nerve with lots of our audience based on the emails we got at feedback at com. Yep. So I have never seen so many emails flow in since the how big is your butt yep. episode. It was that was that did strike a nerve. Yes. It, on in, both in, ends of the spectrum. On both, exactly. Yes. That was what was so fascinating, how the first email that rolled in was incredibly glowing and positive of, I'm so glad you're covering this topic. And then the very next one was almost scathing of like, how dare you? And, right. and it just kind of went back and forth there for a while. And it's been very intriguing how people heard that episode through their own lens and responded in their own unique way. Right. And I do want an opportunity to clarify Good. my stance on some things because I think I freaked some people out. And then it freaked me out when I realized <laughs> what they were freaking out about. And it's okay. like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's good. But let me, I want to add a little caveat just because what you just okay. made the comment of, of people hearing things through their own lens. That's exactly what we all do. Mm -hmm. so That's human nature. We all hear things through our own filter. And, and mm -hmm. then it, we apply meaning associated with that filter and lens that whether it's meant or not, you know, that's that right. whole idea of, you know what, you don't have to try to impress me. You never have. You know, how do you hear that? <laughs> oh, you know, there's all kinds of things that you can interpret that, right? Of like, right. Wait, you just gave me a, a, a zinger. compliment. Or that was a legit statement of, oh, I've never had to try to impress you. I like that. You know, right. so right. it's, it's, you know, it's intriguing how some people thought it was almost um, heretical and other people thought that it was gospel. Yep. <laughs> it, it was it was really intriguing. Oh, human nature. So let me kind of back up and talk about how Corey and I prepare for these shows sometimes. Now, I want you to remember that this we we had to record three episodes in the can before I got on the plane to fly down for the getaway the next day right because we wanted to record episode number 300 at the getaway right. and so we knew that that was the only way it was going to happen right so we oftentimes just throw a dart and go let's talk about this topic well this has been something that's come in through the email let's go here and we don't <laughs> do a lot of research and production and all that kind of stuff this is just off the cuff Heart to heart, you know, just, we just fly by the seat of our pants. And I think that that's kind of what adds to the tension of the yeah, show. The goal is, is oh to my be gosh, what are they going to say right. now? The yeah. goal is to be conversational. 
Exactly. So Corey and I are both sitting in our own respective living rooms with our own respective coffee mugs and we just choose a topic and we go. So someone had sent me an article about abstinence only education from cracked.com, which is not a reliable news source. <laughs> it's not, it's not, there's not well-respected journalism going on. No, in and especially not for Christians. But, you know, they sent it to me, of course, because they knew that I had been an abstinence educator in the past and that it was about sex and that it was really about what had, you know, how people felt about it years later, you know, right. whether they did or didn't save sex until marriage. And it was insightful, but the author's stance on the article was very, very snarky, which crack.com, that's what it is. Yep. It, it's snarky journalism. Yep. And I don't think that I emphasized enough that these are the author's opinions, not my own or our own. And the snarky tone came through my voice. And I think that some people misinterpreted that as I have a snarky attitude toward abstinence as in God's standard. Absolutely no. I am not looking to rewrite the Bible. Right. Yes, this is God's standard. It's God's absolute best. So if someone misinterpreted my tone as being snarky toward the concept or toward God for creating the concept, let me just correct your um, your mistake in judgment. I was an abstinence educator for over a decade. Right. I served that Kool-Aid. My, my own personal kids drank it. You know, yep. I, 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 we all do the best we can with what we know. But I do acknowledge that there were some pitfalls and some some things that have had positive impacts on people's sex life because of the abstinence movement. And there are other things that have had negative impacts and it's according to which couple you're talking to. Right. So I was hoping that we could revisit several concepts to just kind of clarify some things further about what we had said and why we said it. And the thing that stands out most in my mind is there was a pastor who was like, you know, I listened to all your episodes and I, re I recommend them like crazy, but this one, this makes me not want to listen anymore. And yeah. it's like, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, you're missing, you're misinterpreting what we were saying and why we were saying it. So well, I apologize. That's and, on me. Egg on me. Absolutely. And to be fair, I went back and listened to the whole episode again. Yeah. Just to just to hear it, because, you know, that's one of those things when we our memories of what we're saying isn't always, oh, wait, did we really say it in that way or what? And right. we did a poor job <laughs> of really, you know, maybe we adopted the tone, but we did a poor job uh, outside of a quick addendum that we maybe added of, hey, this isn't necessarily exactly what we believe. Here's what. And then we kind of pivoted and kept going. Right. And so. There is we could have been more strategic with planning the direction that we wanted to, to go well, and where and, we wanted to land. And it could have also been um, because some of this is heard as a bash of the abstinence movement when it, the hope of the show was to talk about how the abstinence movement plays out in married life, not about the abstinence movement in and of itself. Right. That's I wanted to get into which is where we went of the show is, OK, so regardless of how we get, ended up where we are in our married life, there's impact from that message. Right. That we still feel today years into married life because we get emails about that a lot. Sure. That, have right. not, that don't say anything about abstinence or saving sex or, or dating slow or you know, none of that. It's just. There's a lot of things in the baggage that we carry forward. And so we could have done better for sure. In, Absolutely. And saying very clearly, as far as sexy marriage radio goes, we are all for sex is saved and sacred in marriage. That is the place 
that it is blessed. It is right. It is sacred. It's it's got a a level of profoundness that you don't find anywhere else, and it's God ordained. Right, and that's why we call this sexy marriage radio, right. not sexy relationship radio. That's why, <laughs> even though my publisher wanted me to call it the sexually confident woman, I refused and said, "No, it will be called the sexually confident wife," or I will not write it. And so, yes, these are right. values that we hold very sacred. And we're not trying to throw a stone at people who may listen to us and aren't married. We're just saying that those are the spiritual values that we hold dear. And so let's kind of dissect a few things and be a little bit more intentional about what we think is important to communicate. Because not only are we talking about where couples have landed in their marriage relationships as a result of being exposed to the message behind this movement, I think that those very couples are now parents of children and teenagers, and they're wondering, you know what? You're right. You have some good, valid points. What should I be doing differently with my own children to make sure that I pass on the good and not the not so good? So this may wind up being two episodes. Okay. I'm just going to forewarn you because I I just think that there's a lot here. So first of all, I think that it's important to distinguish between abstinence-only education and abstinence education. So for example, they have done studies just recently. My daughter sent me um, NPR episodes about certain states in the United States that their mandate is to, is to teach abstinence-only. In other words, all you get is, is say no don't get pregnant, don't get a disease. And that's, that's pretty much the end of the conversation. There's not a lot of teaching beyond. Right. It, it's just not a very broad, healthy sexuality right. topic or conversation. It's more of a just say no. Right. Okay. So kind of opposite of Nike. Instead of just do it, the <laughs> abstinence only message is just don't do it. And, and, not and there's ag- nothing else we need to talk about because right. you're not going to do it. And not acknowledge every th- other possibility and permutation right. of that. Yes. Right. And so in this, interestingly, the two states that are the most pro abstinence only education are the two states in which teenage pregnancies are highest Mm -hmm. and abortion rates are highest. Mm -hmm. So what does that tell you is that abstinence only education isn't sufficient to really help a child or a teenager or young adult make wise decisions. I think that the education needs to be broader okay. in the sense of why is that important? And so like when I was an abstinence Good. educator, I did a two day workshop with youth groups and we talked about all the different types of STDs and how that impacted your health, how it impacted your fertility in the future. We talked about birth control and those abstinence, or I'm sorry, those uh, failure rates mm-hmm. and uh, you know, other things that you need to take into consideration. We talked about spiritual guilt we talked about emotional baggage. We talked about how hard it is to break up after you've been having sex. I mean, it was just a very broad relationship education type of approach. And the goal was always to encourage them toward saving sex until marriage. Right. But, but also with the understanding of this is not the unpardonable sin. And I don't want you to feel as if you have to like run away from God and church and people that love and care about you. If you decide otherwise, for example, there was a girl who came to my workshop right after the getaway. And so we had already released this episode. So we'd already been getting some of the feedback and she shared her testimony. She talked about how after the death of her father, she kind of went off on a a pretty wild sexual tangent. She was medicating her emotional Mm -hmm. pain, 
with, you know, with sex and love and relationships. And she basically encapsulated that season of her life as she just decided F you God, Mm -hmm. F you. Mm-hmm. That she just couldn't do it the way that God wanted her to do it. And I just thought how sad that anyone would ever have to feel as if they have to shoot God the middle finger to do what they feel like they must do because God is big enough to handle our disobedience. He, we don't have to turn away from him right? And, and feel as if we can't have a relationship with him anymore. It's like heavens. That's when you need a relationship with God most is when right. you feel like you want to act outside of his guidelines and commands. And so I think that what I want people to hear is that we strongly encourage abstinence education, but don't just stop it. Just say no. It it really has to be a broader base. And so oftentimes the people who tell us that that's all that they got, they say that they never really had conversations with their parents. Just say no was all that they got. So there weren't open lines of communication in the household. And so now to have open lines of communication in their marriage seems really awkward. Right. And then to have open lines of communication with their own children, even more awkward. And so obviously abstinence only education is not enough. Yeah. And so I'm going to stop there for now and and let you. Yeah. The interesting thing to me is that you think about um, the different uh, mandates or the different uh, laws, rules, uh, urgings that come from scripture. If you, I mean, if you read them all, which I've read cover to cover mm-hmm. <laughs> so, multiple times, yes, I hope um, mm-hmm. that there's, they can be used by man a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because one of the guys in my mastermind groups, they had, a, there was a great conversation going on among a couple of the guys in the group. And one of them just asked straight out, you know, are you, are you a Christian? Do you believe? And, the response was, that's an interesting question, because the easiest way to answer it is it's confusing right now, because he grew up in a weaponized religion, which that's a great way to think about how yep. man uses some of these things in, to bad, in bad ways, because the idea of abstinence only, absolutely, that's a great way to do it. But if it comes from fear-based mm-hmm. as the approach— well, then you're not empowering people. You're just wanting them to cower, to uh, succumb to a will. They don't choose it. They do it mm. out of fear. And right. that's when we get caught up in things, and fear will quickly get pushed aside, and we'll do other things. Right? We'll, we'll make our own mind up rather than, you know what? I kind of agree with that value. That's, that's what will see me through the the hot steamy times where it's all leading towards sex is probably going to happen unless one of us stands up and says we probably should stop. Right. And and so I love the idea of proposing this is the best path. This Absolutely. is a way to go. But let's also have a full view of the landscape and have knowledge of what we're up against because I believe knowledge is power when it's applied. And Absolutely. so you want to, I mean, personally speaking with a 12 year old and a 10 year old in my house that have been raised by the co-host of sexy marriage radio <laughs> that they, I mean, they've sat in the room while I've recorded shows. And so they've mm-hmm. heard <laughs> every topic almost, um, but they will be taught and have been taught the importance of this is a married thing, but there's also mm-hmm. here's the fears and here's here's the problems and here's the way you can prevent things. If you do 
choose whatever because it is choice to me. Right. And so it's important to realize that as you're talking about the messages that we propose and the messages that the churches have proposed and that we've been all indoctrinated with throughout our life or are currently, it's just the, the cool thing of why the world has evolved is we've become more enlightened in a sense, more knowledgeable about research and mm-hmm. the brain and the impacts of choices and the impacts of sex and the, you know, all of that. And so why would we not use that to help people make better choices, to help people be empowered in their own life, to then be able to look at it more with more strength, you know, with, with more, with more, uh, that way they're standing on their own two feet better. Right. Teaching young people how to be discerning Mm -hmm. about the health of a relationship and the stability of the relationship and to have assertiveness skills of if you sense that things are getting unstable, if things are getting a little rocky, if things are getting too steamy or too tempting or whatever, you have to be the one. You, you can't rely on the partner right. to slow the freight train down. You have to be the one to know how to step in front of the freight train and say, yeah, we, we're not going to go any further. Right. And that takes a lot of self-confidence. And again, that all this goes back to a strong relationship with your tribe. If you have a strong relationship with your parents and your siblings and you know that you're accepted regardless of what life throws at you, you're going to have a lot more backbone to stand up to someone outside that tribe who's trying to sway you into doing something that you're not comfortable doing yet. And so one of the questions that we got most often is, well, what should we teach children? Right. And I want to say it is not a one-time conversation. <laughs> it's not a plumbing lesson. It's, it's not, not the birds a, and the bees talk. Exactly. It's, it's not a, it's exactly. It's not a one-time we sit down with this book and now we're done. It's, there are so many different books at every stage of development. Just go into a Barnes and Noble or a Christian bookstore and ask and sit down, spend an entire afternoon just perusing because you have to choose books that are in line with your values. And when it comes to sexuality, there are books for children that are all over the map. It's according to whose values you're looking at. And you need to find books that are in line with your values to educate your children. So um, another direction I want to go while we still have time is I, 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 there's so much, Corey. I really think that we're going to need to turn this Maybe, into two episodes. But go, go with it. Okay. The whole concept of true love waits. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get it. Love is patient. Love is kind. You know, I, I totally get that true love waits, but I think that what so many people came out of that movement who didn't save sex until marriage, who didn't wait, is it what I, what I settled for or what I got stuck with is false love because we didn't wait. Like okay. they have so identified themselves. They have, they have immersed themselves in an identity that because True love waits, and I didn't with my spouse. What we have isn't true love, and I'm sorry, I don't buy that. It's okay. a cute slogan, and it's and it and it conveys an important scriptural message, mm-hmm. and I agree with it. But I don't agree with people so internalizing it and making it a part of their identity that decades later. 
they are still beating themselves up and still don't feel the freedom to blossom sexually because sex all of a sudden became something that shaped them in a negative way. So let me kind of explain an analogy. I mean, like I have laid awake trying to figure out how do we correct our course on this episode so that people understand where we're coming from. Right. And I thought about when I was, I think I was 11. I don't know why I did it. I honestly don't. Because at 11 years old, you don't have the ability for metacognition. You can't think about how you think. You just, you do things impetuously and you right. really don't understand why. But I took something that belonged to my grandmother that I didn't realize how valuable it was. It was a necklace that I saw that she had taken off and put on the dresser. And I saw it and I liked it and I wanted it and I took it. Okay. And I Felt really, really bad about it, especially when I got caught. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and had to apologize and buy yep. her a new necklace because I had lost that one, et yep. cetera, et cetera. But here's the thing I did that foolishly before an age of understanding and accountability. But I do not consider myself at almost 50 years old a thief. Okay. Yeah, you know, it, it's not my identity. It, right. It's something that I did, it's, it's not who I am. Right. So why do we look at sexual mistakes, usually in our teenage years or college years, yep. why do we look at those as our identity when we're new creations in Christ? Yes, but to answer your question with some of your own information, part of it is because we make our sexual choices when we do have metacognition. Not always. Not there, a, I, there are a lot. Yeah, there I are a get, lot of people who they weren't even given a choice. Well, like, like one of my clients that came to mind when I was making this list is there was a, a client who uh, he was sexually molested at ten. Right. And no, basically, I, from ten until he was in his thirties, he no. was just a pretty boy that women I really loved no, to I use and abuse. I'm putting that in a different context. I'm putting trauma okay. abuse in. But a you different realize context. that 33 percent of people. Oh, yeah. Have started out their sexual journey with that kind of experience. Oh, absolutely. So we, with, we can't it, it discount beyond, that right. significant amount of people. They never said yes. Exactly. <laughs> right. They didn't have a chance to say no. Because right, they were powerless. But Yeah. It, it, so imagine what the true love waits motto. Sure. It can, how that hits them. That can be weaponized too, even unintentionally weaponized. And I think that's probably one of the bigger takeaways is – and maybe that's where we kind of wrap this episode up is, is just to just to clarify that whenever we say different things about married life and sex and whatever age you're at, or if you are one of the people that are proposing something that's better or what, what you believe that comes from Scripture or what's just a better, healthy way to deal with it, you always have to still keep in mind who's the listener and how do they apply it. And how do we say it with as, as grace-filled as we can? Because it is coming from a love base. I mean, that's, that's what helps. When I sit here and think we're doing episode 301, hmm. and I think of, okay, we're coming up on six years in a couple of months of this show being in existence, that a lot of the driving force behind it is the love of doing the show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right the love of, of the people and mm -hmm. yeah of, of doing this knowing it it's a message that's needed and wanted and valuable and helpful and life changing and marriage altering at times and so it's it's how do we still portray that yeah abstinence is the is a great choice is the choice that you it's the best choice right. 
I mean, it's God's, but, yeah. But I mean, we there's also, a reason why God said this is the best standard right. to live. But to we also to try to. to keep it in mind who our listeners are so that we know, okay, hold on. There's still a caveat that we need to add. There's still some information that we need to add because there's, there's, still, there's still a per- person behind the curtain, you know? <laughs> there's other things that, could, that can trip us up. And right. so how do we make sure that we're all empowered to, to deal with the choices we've made or what we're proposing to our children or the next generation or grandchildren or whatever situation you're in? How do we let people know we're walking alongside you with this that right that I, I want to be a partner in this i don't want to be judge jury and executioner mm. on things and that's what i think mm-hmm. a lot of times uh, we maybe grew up in this as shannon that the, the, the right. churches were much more weaponized that i remember than they are now even though i know there's still messages that are extremely fear-mongering based and i mean look at politics the political world we live in right now is all weaponized politics Oh, and so polarizing. So it's seeing it as how do we make sure our messages come across in love? That our messages come across, they're factual, they're helpful, but they're, they're filled with love. And I think Absolutely. that's what the intent of our show originally was. <laughs> that's right. what the intent of this show is and every episode is. Right. We, we love you. We say it at the end of every episode. We love you for listening. And we acknowledge that we're not just speaking to one individual about their circumstance. Right. We're speaking to hundreds of thousands of people. And so it's hard to apply to everybody's situation. So I think on our next episode, let's talk to the 10% and the 90%. I'm going to stop it at that and leave it a mystery <laughs> as right. to what I'm referring to. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. <laughs> Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. See you next we time. We do love you for listening. <laughs>